0: I want to kind of get started in a series um, that, you know, I don't know how long we'll stay in this, but just kind of a vein that I think God wants to direct us and guide us and lead us in, and um, so uh, we're going to go on a journey, amen. Go with, uh, go to me, with, go with me to John chapter 1, John chapter 1. John chapter 1. And I want to look at uh, verse 14. Many of us, when we go to this verse, we usually start at the beginning, but I want to start at the end of where we usually end up, and then we're going to work our way backwards. And John chapter 1, verse 14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. Everyone say glory. We beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Everyone say truth. Truth. Uh, I want to go on a journey. I want to discover truth. I want to discover what truth is. And I believe that God uh, has been in the business from the beginning of mankind of uh, communicating truth to his people. I believe that. And uh, the issue is is that we live in a world that's full of lies. And we have an enemy that his job, he has made it his mandate on earth to uh, intercept all truth that there is. To come and find any truth that there is to what God is saying or any truth that is in the word. And he has come in and he's tried to thwart that. He's tried to intercept it. And what he does is he tries to change it. And when you change truth, we end up with a lie. Okay? Anything outside of what truth is, anything outside of the basis of truth, is a lie. In fact, you can't have a lie without first having truth. Okay? I can't lie to you about something until you know the truth about it. I can't lie to you about a certain thing unless there's something true about it. So, a lie is always bred out of is is always first in truth. And so I want to get us back to truth. I want to I want us to get get us back to what truth is. And here's a couple of verses that I want to give you on what God was trying to do with truth. First of all, we've got to look at this in Numbers chapter 23 verse 19. Numbers chapter 23 in verse 19 it says God is not a man that he should lie nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he spoken or has he said and will he not do? Has he spoken and will he not make it good? First of all, we've got to see that God, our king, our Lord, the creator of the universe is all truth. That's all that he is capable of. That's all that he is capable of doing. That's all that he's capable of possessing. That's all that he's capable of speaking is truth. He cannot even tell a lie, even if he wanted to. He does not have the capability within him. See, sometimes we've got to learn about God's nature. If we can learn about God's nature, if we can learn about who God is, I think we become more convinced of what he does. Because when you learn that it's not within God's uh, nature to bring sickness and disease upon somebody, then we won't blame him when we're walking through sickness and disease. When we're walking in an ailment in our body, he won't be the one and we won't make statements like, you know, God's trying to teach us something or, you know, God is uh, testing me. Uh, God has other ways of testing you, and it's not through sickness and disease. I have a, I have a son and I'm nowhere near the parent or the father that uh, God is, but I would never impale a weakness or a sickness upon him, uh, you know, to teach him a lesson. I can correct him. And there's modes of correction. There's modes. The the Bible is very clear that the Lord corrects. And and whom he uh, chastens, he loves. Amen. I'm going to correct this microphone here in a minute. Whom the Lord corrects. He loves. So we know that God corrects. We know that he chastens. We know that he uh, has ways of correcting his, his children, but it's not through sickness and disease because John chapter 10, verse 10 tells me very clearly, very clearly that he has come to give me life and life more abundantly. But the thief has come to steal, to kill and to destroy. So if I can learn about God's nature, if I can learn about who he is, I can better understand what he does. Okay, so this shows us right here that God uh, is not a liar. He does not say things and then go back on his promises. Uh, And so that means that I can take all of his word. Amen. And know that it is truth. In fact, Jesus said this himself in John chapter 17. John chapter 17, verse 17, he says, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth sanctify them by your truth your word is truth he's praying for his disciples he's praying for you and i and he says set them apart by the truth do you understand that when you learn truth you'll be set apart from something what will you be set apart from a lie you don't have to live a lie when you know the truth you don't have to live the fake when you've got something that's real and so it's not within god's nature to be a liar His word, therefore, is all truth. And then Jesus even said this in John chapter 14, verse 6. He said, I am the way, the what? Truth and the life. I am the way, the truth and the life. So watch this. Jesus is God's best representation of what truth looks like. In the earth today, in the model that we've seen today, Jesus was walking truth. Everything about Jesus' life was truth. Nothing was fake. Nothing was a lie. It was all real. It was all true. And in John chapter 1, going back to John chapter 1, we saw in verse 14 that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So, what's a Word? A Word is a form of communication. So God's trying to communicate something. And the word that dwelt among us, that became flesh, it says that we beheld his glory. Glory is a reflection of. We beheld a reflection of who the father is. The glory as of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. So Jesus was a walking reflection of of communicated truth. Jesus was the word of God, made flesh, that reflected who God is, and he was full of grace and truth. Now, Jesus makes a statement, and we'll look at it as we get further in the series, but he makes the statement, he says, you will know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You will know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So that tells me this. If I don't know truth, I might be in bondage. If truth brings me liberty, if truth brings me freedom. Then knowing a lie and living a lie is actually keeping me bound to something. I'm not free. I'm not free if I'm not operating in truth. I'm not free if I don't know Truth And in John chapter 1, verse 1, backing up to the beginning, it says, In the beginning was the Word. Why? Because God's always been trying to communicate something. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. So number one, we've seen this, that God has always been in the business of communicating truth to his people. He has always, since the beginning of time, since the word was in the beginning with God and the word was full of truth, that therefore tells me that God has been trying to speak truth to us from the very beginning. Number two, this shows me that Jesus himself is God's best representation of what truth looks like. So if I want to know what truth looks like, I need to look at Jesus. If I want to understand how truth works, I need to understand Jesus. Now, again, Jesus is the word. We think of Jesus and we think of the 33 and a half years that he spent on the earth. We think of the 33 and a half years that he spent walking around on this planet just like you and I. But Jesus goes way beyond that. Those 33 years was actually a small sliver of time of who Jesus really is. Because this verse tells me that Jesus is really the word of God made flesh. And he dwelt among us for 33 years. But he actually dates all the way back to the beginning with God. And he was God. Notice that Jesus, Notice that God and his word are one. If, if you're going to speak truth, then you have to be true to your word. And God was that. God was his word. As real as God's word is, God is. As real as God's power is, his word contains all that power. And so his word is the truth. So we've got to understand the source. Now go over to John chapter 8. While you're turning to John chapter 8, I want you to know and some of our Kingdom Institute students in this room are going to get a repeat. Y'all are going to get a little tidbit for free. okay? But God wants to communicate and has always endeavored to communicate to us in three different ways. And he does not communicate outside of these three ways. The number one way that God wants to communicate to his people, you could call these levels of communication. These are levels of how he communicates. Number one is inspired or through inspiration. Inspiration. Inspiration is simply truth recorded. And the Bible tells us over in Timothy that the the Bible is inspired by God himself. And it's profitable for reproof and doctrine, ways of righteousness. It's profitable to us. So the number one way... That God wants to communicate. And I don't mean number one is in the priority. I'm just giving you the number one. Number one, God wants to communicate through us through inspiration. Truth recorded. What is that? The Bible. Very simple. The book that you own is God inspired. That's not uh, just black pages or uh, black words on white pages. That This wasn't just something that man put together. There was a quote that we read in that class because we're... We're discussing some Bible interpretation principles. And there was a quote where uh, a man said that, you know, we've got over 40 different authors with 66 different books in one book, two testaments, covering a 1600 year time span. From Genesis to Revelation, you're talking over 1500 years. And not one time did one author over a span of 1,600 years contradict each other? In fact, they only continued to profound upon each other. They only continued to build that what someone said in the beginning was only made deeper and stronger. Paul never contradicted Moses. Anything you find in the New Testament doesn't contradict the Old Testament. It all just builds on each other. There's a progressive revelation that takes place through the Word of God. That's amazing. I mean, I don't know if we could get two different authors today to write on the same subject and not contradict each other, much less over 40 different authors and 66 different books. That's phenomenal because it's, it's inspired by God. They were all listening to the Holy Spirit tell them what to write down. It's amazing what will happen in your life when you listen to the Holy Spirit. It's amazing what will happen when you let the Holy Spirit guide you and direct you and lead you. Amen. And so the word of God is first inspired. But God also wants to speak to us on another level. That's called illumination. Illumination. So first we have inspiration. The inspired word of God. But there's another level that God wants us to go to. Over in Ephesians, Paul prayed some prayers, and and, uh, he said, I pray that you have uh, supernatural wisdom and understanding and enlightenment by the Holy Spirit, or illumination. What does that mean? Just to bring light to the Scripture. Because how many of you have ever read a verse but didn't understand it? The rest of you are lying. I'm not even up here claiming that. There's plenty of times. Why? Because it's inspired by the word of God. But the Holy Spirit inside of us can illuminate the scripture to us. Can tell us exactly what God was trying to say in that verse. And when we get ourselves out of the way, when we get our stuff out of the way, when we get our ideas and our agendas and our opinions of what God's trying to say, when we get that out of the way and say, Holy Spirit, show me what God is trying to say in this verse. Father, what are you trying to say? What are you trying to communicate? There's truth here. Then we can receive illumination of the scripture. You can go deeper. The, the Bible tells us very clearly that that book, this book, the Bible, cannot be naturally discerned. Cannot be naturally understood. Uh, I remember, and I think I've told this story before, but when we were first starting our Bible school down in St. Augustine, you know, we had some students, we had some uh, adult students that had been out of school for 30, 40 plus years. And I had one guy in particular I'd say he's probably in his early 60s, maybe his late 50s. And about two classes in, two weeks into this thing, he approaches me and he says, I can't do this. I didn't even finish high school, and that was 40-plus years ago, or 30-plus years ago, whatever it was. I, didn't finish. I I don't have the natural capability. I said, well, that's good. That's good you don't have to lean on your natural ability because the Bible is spiritually discerned. This actually has no idea. This has nothing to do with uh, how high you graduated and what kind of degrees you have and, uh, you know, what kind of schooling and background. Those things can help. But anybody in this room that does have a great background, I don't care if you got a master's, you could actually be hindered because you'll lean more on your natural side than your spiritual side because this is the Bible. But sure enough, you know, there's theologians out there that just want to look at it as another history book. Or another science book. It's just another book to them. And that's all that they get out of it. It's natural discernment. But the Holy Spirit wants to illuminate the word to us. These are, this is how God communicates truth. Number one, through inspiration. The inspired word of God. Number two, through illumination. The Holy Spirit illuminating the scriptures to us as we study them and read them. And number three, God wants to communicate to, to us through Revelation. So we have inspiration, truth received. We have illumination, which is truth given. But then revelation, or truth, uh, inspiration is truth recorded. Illumination is truth received. Revelation is truth given. Now I don't know how many of you have ever read through the Bible in an entire year, or maybe multiple years, or even read the same passage over and over and over, but you may find as you become a studier of the word that you can read the same passage at one point and get something completely different out of it at another point. Why? Because God wants to reveal stuff. And ultimately, this is God's highest level of communication, is when you get so diligent in studying his word and so disciplined in being in his word and, and, and such a hunger and a desire for truth, that he can now reveal stuff to you that's even beyond what the scripture says. That even goes beyond what, it's, what is right there. And that doesn't mean he's revealing to you something that contradicts or that he's giving you extra stuff that's not in the Bible. But he's just opening it up more. There's levels. I'm convinced that there are just some things you're not going to get in the word if you're not a studier. Period. If you're not diligent to study the word and break down the word, if you want to be a casual here and and, and you enjoy hearing the pastor on Wednesday and Sunday and maybe going home and looking at a couple verses, uh, you know, or definitely when you're struggling and things are getting hard, so you finally turn to the Bible because you've tried everything else, you're not going to get much. I'm just going to let you know. I'm just going to let you know. It's a buried treasure. And when you realize that there's treasure under something, you do everything you can to get to it. And you'll dig it up. And it takes work. and It takes effort. And sometimes it feels like you're not getting anywhere. Sometimes you feel like you're digging in the same hole and you just, there's nothing here. This is the same stuff I've always seen. But you keep being diligent and disciplined to be in his word and to study his word. The Bible tells us to be diligent to study the word to show ourselves approved. Not hear the word, not read the word, not even speak the word. It's the diligent studier of the word that receives from God on these different levels. There's inspiration, there's illumination, and there's revelation. And I believe that God is not trying to hide anything from us. To keep it from you. I believe that there are mysteries that are hidden. To determine your value to find it. Right? Because the length of the search determines the value for what you're searching for. If I give up after a while, then it must not have been very valuable. But when I just keep pressing and I keep going and I keep digging deeper and deeper and deeper, then I'm revealing I value what I'm looking for. I value it. And I value truth. Truth sometimes has to be dug out. And I'll tell you why. Because there's an enemy that showed up in Genesis chapter 3. And the first thing he came to do was to attack. Not man. He didn't even come to attack God. He came to attack God's word. The first thing he does when he shows up is he takes a statement that God says and twists it. Changes it. Now, God, again, always endeavored to communicate truth to his people. Either by inspiration, illumination, or revelation. But the devil comes in and he immediately twists What God said. And he changed it from inspiration, illumination, or revelation. And it just became information. And in the garden that day, man fell from revelation to information. And information is dangerous. If you notice today, we love information. We love the scoop. Right? What's the latest? And we don't care if it's true. We don't even take the time to find out. We believe the first source we hear. And what you have to understand is that the enemy came in to do just that. Because if he can ever keep you from getting to the original word, then you'll believe the pile of junk that it's underneath. You'll believe the lies about your marriage. You'll believe the lies about your finances. You'll believe the lies about your body. You'll believe the lies uh, about your relationships. You'll believe the lies about depression and anxiety. You'll believe the lies because you don't take the time to uncover the truth. You'll believe all the information and you'll miss the revelation that God wants to bring. And... I'm just convinced that as believers, we have to be seekers of truth. We have to be seekers of truth. I think I told you to turn to John chapter 8. Look at verse 31. John 8, verse 31. And Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word... You are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. The truth will make you free. Not what just anybody says will make you free. Not just what you think about it not your opinion will make you free the truth will make you free the truth will set you free from the bondage the lies are holding you in the truth will make you free from the chains of all the lies that you've been believing because the enemy has come in to do one thing, take truth and twist it and here's the thing here's what happens every time truth gets twisted every time truth gets perverted that's what that word means pervert to pervert something means to twist it and the devil came in to pervert the word of God and when he perverted the word of God he twisted and every time the word gets twisted you lose the original intent of what was said you lose the original design i mean let's just take the most blatant example that we know when i say the word perverted or pervert i mean we immediately think sexual because that's what has happened things have become perverted We've got pornography, we've got homosexuality, we've got people making up relationships, uh, you know, being with whoever. And that's nothing new, by the way. This has been going on. Uh, you know, Go all the way back to Genesis, you'll find it. There's a couple cities, Sodom and Gomorrah, that just straight up got burned up by fire from heaven for the actions that we think are new today, new to our culture. There's nothing new under the sun. But it's been perverted. Well, now sex has lost its original intent and design because of the perversion. Every time it got twisted, every time it got perverted, every time we took the truth of what it was designed for and we pervert it and we twist it and we lose the original intention of what sex was designed for. This is what happens every time truth gets twisted. And I want us to be seekers of truth. I want us to be people that can reveal truth. Because the cool thing about revealing truth is when you reveal the truth, you also reveal the lie. If I can reveal the truth about something, then I can also reveal all the lies about it. Let's look at a couple things. Number one. Knowing God's word is the best way to know truth. What did he say? If you abide in my word, you are my disciples. And in the very next verse, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. So if I want to learn the truth, I've got to, I've got to go to the word. Well, who is the word? Not what is the word. Who is the word? Jesus And Jesus dwelt among us and was full of grace and truth. Jesus was God's best representation of truth in the earth. The word of God, the Bible, is the best representation of truth that I have today. If I want to know the truth about something, all I have to do is go to his word. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you've been lied to about. It doesn't matter what lies you've believed all your life. It doesn't matter what lies you've lived all your life. That's the thing, you know, with homosexuals. They're, they're just living a lie. It's not a sexual problem. It's a mental problem. You're believing and living something that's not true. Something that has been twisted and perverted. And we just need to go back to the original intent. Intent. God is always trying to point back to the original intent of something. That's why we miss the kingdom for so long, because we we believe the lies of religion. We believe the lies of religion. But when we get past all the lies, when you become one that wants to be diligent and disciplined to discover truth, you will find it. When you get hungry enough, you will find truth. Because he says right here, if you will abide in my word, you'll be my disciples and you will know the truth. He says you will know the truth. And remember, he doesn't lie. So if he says you can know the truth, then you can know the truth and the truth will make you free. It will set you free. Number two, number two, if I can know the truth, then I'll discover the lie. Knowing the truth is the best way to discover a lie. Knowing the truth is the best way to discover a lie. If I want to uncover all the lies of the enemy in my life, I just need to find the truth. And where do I go to know truth? God's word. Because he said, Jesus, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. He is the truth. Now, I know this is very preliminary. I know this seems like I'm just opening something up, and that's because I am. I'm just opening something up. And over the next few weeks, I want to take a look at this because I I, I know of situations. I, I know of situations in my own life where I've believed a lie, and when I found the truth, I was so set free. The freedom in knowing the truth of something Is overwhelming. The freedom in knowing that this is the lie and this is the truth. And it becomes so clear. Uh, In the Bible, truth is sometimes referred to as light. Light. See, that's why you need illumination from the Holy Spirit. What is illumination? It's turning on the light for something. I need the light turned on. It's amazing how many lies about the Bible we've come to believe. That religion and denominational thinking has made us believe about the Bible itself. When there is so much truth, it is truth. But how in the world can you take the word of God and find a lie about it? Because the enemy wants to come in and twist and pervert. You realize that the word is the most powerful weapon that you have in your life as a believer. As as spiritual believers, kingdom citizens, we have to know the word. We have to be disciplined in the word. It is our number one source of overcoming the enemy. So if you're the enemy and you know that you can't beat the one you're fighting, because he's not victorious over us, he's already been defeated, then how do you keep them from beating you? You take away their weapon. So if I can make you think that the Bible really says that God places sickness on you, then you won't beat him in the realm of healing. If I can make you think that the Bible says that we're to live in poverty and to be poor and barely make it by because we're suffering for Jesus then you'll never overcome them in your finances. And you'll always be focused on your finances. You'll never be focused on the kingdom. And on and on and on. There are lies that we have believed about the word itself. And I don't stand up here to claim that I know all the answers to all the lies, but I do know this, I'm hungry for truth. I'm hungry for truth. And the Holy Spirit will illuminate to me and god the father will reveal things to me because you know what he wants you to know the truth probably more than you want to know the truth do you know god wants you to know the truth he wants you to know the truth about it he wants you to know what's real let me define this word truth for you truth means Reality, sincerity, accuracy, integrity, and dependability. This word truth that we've been looking at in the word, and I'm not giving you Webster's, I'm giving you the Greek definition. It means reality, sincerity, accuracy, integrity, integrity and dependability. This is what God wants for his people. God wants us to know truth because he knows this. If you can just get a hold of the truth, you'll be set free. The things that are binding you, the things that are holding you, the things that are keeping you from from being healed and restored in areas, the the things that you're chained to, if you could discover the truth, it will make you free in that area. If you could understand the truth about the favor that I have for you, then you, would understand, you wouldn't be bound to what man does to you. Because you know that the favor of the Lord goes before you. If you could understand the truth about what I've provided for you in the way of healing and your physical body, then you wouldn't be bound to the lie of sickness and disease. If you could understand the truth of prosperity and how I want my people blessed, then you wouldn't be bound to poverty. But we've got to see the truth. And truth is not found in going to some profound minister. Truth is not found in finding some guy that's studied the Bible for 50 years and has looked at it in and out. Truth is going to the Word for ourselves and learning how to dissect it and learning how to receive inspiration illumination and revelation because God wants you to know truth for yourself. He doesn't even want you to know someone else's truth. God wants truth to be personal. God wants truth to be on your level. God wants truth to meet you where you're at. God has truth in his word. And and, and uh, we all come in here with questions. We all come in here with questions with, with, uh, Questions or wondering what does the Bible say about that or what does the Bible say about this or what is the Bible saying in this particular instance and I want you to know that God wants you to know we don't need to be in the dark he wants the light of truth to come on to illuminate us so that we can walk out all the blessings all the principles of his word amen Father, we thank you tonight. We thank you tonight, Father, that you have given us the most important, the most powerful, the greatest resource. That is your word. That is your word. And I thank you tonight.